Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of A Better Way Podcast. Today, I will be walking you through a solo episode um, that is all about what I wanted to call time management, um, but I'm not going to call it that, and you'll find out why in a little bit. But Danielle and I thought it would be a really helpful um, idea to kind of share a little bit about the seasons of life that each of us are in and what we're learning and what we're doing to navigate them. So. Spoiler alert, the current season of my life is I'm always saying I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. How am I going to get all of this done? Um, I've actually been working with a rest consultant. Um, I didn't even know that those existed until we had Dan Mason on our podcast a few months ago. And I've really leaned into this idea of taking back control of my time. Um, I've had some ups and downs over the last few months where I start to make a little bit of progress and then I fall back into my bad habits. And I think that this is something that so many other moms and specifically mompreneurs can relate to, that there's just so many demands and we're trying to keep up. And especially if you have a business, it's one thing to actually be doing the business. So for example, in my case, I'm serving clients all day long, but then when do I get time to actually work on my business? Um, There's been a number of things that I've said for the last few months that I'm going to implement and launch and offer to my clients into a broader community. And it hasn't happened yet. And I keep telling myself, okay, when the summer's over and the kids are back in school, I'll have plenty of time. And then we're two to three weeks into the school year and I'm still saying I don't have enough time. And I'm feeling overworked and um, overstretched and something has to give. And so what is that? Uh, I think the kicker was, you know, a few weeks ago, I found myself always telling my three, almost four-year-old hurry up. We got to go. We're running late. And I thought, I don't want to pass this anxiousness on to him. I don't want to pass the rush, the feeling like we're always behind onto my kids. I was really cognizant of that when I first had him. Um, and that slipped away a little bit, especially now that we have so many things for him between school and after school program and, soccer and, you know, play dates and, um, then throw another baby into the mix. And you always feel like you're running 20 minutes behind. I'm sure a lot of you can relate. So first know that you're not alone, but when I found myself saying that to my kids all the time, I thought, this is not what I want. I don't want it for myself, but I really don't want it for them. And I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. I've been working a lot with my rest consultant, and I've also been doing a lot of reading and I've I've realized in being able to step back over the last few weeks that being busy in the act of doing really is an addiction. It's offering me a temporary hit or feeling of control. And I think a lot of you guys can relate. Having that to-do list makes you feel more in control, but then also 
how much more does it make you spiral when you see all of those things on your to-do list? You think that that to-do list is helping you stay organized and helping you get it all done, but really it's making you feel better in the short term, but is it making you feel better in the long term? Is it helping you create the life you want in the long term? Do you always want to have a to-do list that has literally 35 things on it? I don't. Um, and this kind of leads me to why I didn't title this episode time management and instead it all being about finding a pace that works for you. Um, one, I do think everyone is different. And so the pace that's going to work for me is going to be different from the pace that works for someone else. In fact, in between me and my husband, we have different paces. I operate at a much faster pace than he does. Um, that can also lead to issues and resentment because I expect him to operate at the same pace as me, but he just does not function best there. And so I'm sure that the pace that works for me is going to be different from the pace that works for other moms. But the real reason that I don't believe in time management is well, one, I've tried, I've tried planners, I've tried schedulers, I've tried to-do lists, I've tried prioritization grids, and it works for a few days and then it doesn't. Um, but also you can't manage time just like you can't manage people. My mom once told me when I was back in my traditional agency career and I was leading teams, you know, I always felt responsible and I was always trying to do so much for my team members. And now granted, I'm not saying that as a, you know, pat on the back to me. I think I was actually, I, I wasn't, a like over managing them, but I was more feeling a lot of empathy and trying to do too much for them so that they didn't feel the burden. And in reality, I needed to let go of that, but that's a story for another day. Um, and the way you can't manage people is you can't actually control what they do. You can't manage them. You can only nurture them. You can lead them. You can encourage them. The same is true with time. We, it's an illusion that we have control over time and that we have control over what happens in our day. The, the reality is that we only have control over how we react. So we can only manage our own pace and we can manage how we react to what we feel are time constraints. We can't actually manage time. We can't actually manage how other people spend their time. Um, we can only manage how we react to that or how we perceive that or how we structure our life around that. And so I really want you guys to think about heading into what I'm going to share with you in, in these four key thoughts that have emerged in my journey over the last, I should say, lifetime, but I've really honed in on it the last few months, is that it's going to take time to figure out what pace works for you. And you're going to have to realize that your pace might be different than other people's and that's okay. But when you look back on your year or your life, you want it to be a pace that's sustainable and that's going to let you do more of what you want to do instead of what you feel like you have to do. So I'm going to get off my little soapbox now because I do not have it all figured out. But I am going to share with you some thoughts that have kind of come up along the way that I think are really helpful and that I think are key to unlocking um, the key to feeling like you can establish a more manageable and fulfilling pace. And that first thought is that you and only you can change your relationship with time and the pace of your life. 
and it feels really, really, really yucky at first. So I just started reading the book Essentialism. It got recommended to me by quite a few people. It's been on my nightstand for a while. I was trying to finish other books first and I just started it and it's amazing. But one of the things that I've recognized is that in going through some of what the author recommends you implement, it feels good. But then I always say, well, sure, someone else could do it, but I can't because it feels too yucky. It feels like I'm going to piss some people off in the process of figuring out what's right for me in my pace. And you know what? I am going to piss some people off in the process. But the older I get, the more I realize I want to piss other people off and not myself. (laughs) Um, I want to do what's right for me. So when I left my corporate job, um, I realized very early on when I got into entrepreneurship that a lot of my bad habits were coming back. They were the bad habits that I blamed on having a boss with unrealistic expectations or being part of a team that maybe wasn't contributing as much or having over-demanding clients or having leadership that said we could never say no. And then I quickly realized that actually I was in control all the time because I'm doing the same thing now that I'm my own boss. Did I really need to stay up to do the work? I thought I did. Others made me feel like I did. But the truth is, I could have chose not to. I chose to. The same goes for the situation I'm in currently. And in fact, as a mompreneur, you have choice more so than moms who work for someone else. So moms who are employers, you do have a choice there, but they have less control than you do as a mompreneur. And so this is all to say, We are in control whether we like it or not. If we don't like something, we're the ones and only the the person who can change that. And so realizing that control is both a positive and a negative, and that if you don't like something, you actually have the control to change it. Unfortunately, only you have the power and the control to change it. So lean into that in whatever way you want to get the results you want. But know that when you lean into that, it's going to make others feel uncomfortable. You're going to be saying no where you used to say yes. You're going to be setting new boundaries. Um, And this is not just at work. It may be um, with social invitations. It may be with family obligations. Um, But the more you lean into that and the more you feel that resistance at first, you're probably doing it right and you're on a path to breaking through that resistance and it will get easier with time. And so know that, you know, in that first week or two, it's really easy to be motivated. And then you start to give up because you feel that resistance of other people, but push through. Um, It's actually interesting in the book, Essentialism, the author mentions this corporate executive who started to say no to things, stop volunteering for things and really focused on what he thought was the priority and would move the needle. And every time he said no, or said something wasn't a priority, people actually respected him more rather than less. Now, one caveat is as I'm reading that book, I often think, would the same be said if it was a woman saying no? Is it is is there a double standard out there that men can do this and women can't? There's a little bit of truth to that, I think. Um, But I sure as hell am not going to let that stop me from doing it myself. And I hope it doesn't stop you either. So let's let's blaze a trail there. Um, Thought number two, you have to accept that you can't do everything. This one hurts. I like to do everything. I like to be the hero. 
I, th- I hear a lot of people say like, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Well, whatever the heck that means. Um, I think that means you like to do a lot of things and a lot of different things. Congratulations, but it's not possible to make a big impact in that way. And I also think that's why, you know, for a while in my business, I really resisted niching down. And I feel like it's because I like to do all the things and I thought I could find a way to do it. But the more that I'm in business, um, the more that that's not true. And it's the same for being um, a mom and, you know, contributing to your kids. You can't do everything. You can't be super mom. You can be a super mom, but you can't be super mom and still have a fulfilling life at a pace that is sustainable. That's going to allow you to do the things you love to do and that fuel you. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but that is something that I am leaning into. I resisted it for a while, but I'm now accepting that I can't do everything. And you really, really, really need to work on acknowledging this and practicing it and setting self-reminders every single day. Because last night I went to bed thinking, you know, I can't do everything. I acknowledge that. And then I wake up this morning and I want to take it all on again. I'm like, well, maybe I can finagle my day to fit this in and maybe it'll all work out. It's probably not going to. And I'll probably end up in that same spot. And so it's a lot easier if you just acknowledge and accept upfront and then remind yourself throughout the day and throughout your week and throughout your month that that is okay. Um, that will allow you to find a pace that works for you and your family and your clients. Thought number three, you need to prioritize. And prioritizing does not mean taking your to-do list of 15 things and labeling them one through 15. And I know that because I tried that for so long, so long. Prioritizing means picking one core focus in each area of your life, or maybe you decide to organize it differently, but you can only be focusing and prioritizing one thing at a time. One thing for your family, one thing for your marriage, one thing for your health, one thing for your business. And even that is a lot. Um, But when you found that one thing, that is most important and that needs your attention, you then need to stay laser focused on it. So I forget where I read this, but priority was always a singular word. It wasn't until sometime in the 1900s that we started to assign it to use for plural. So priorities and a lot of companies or coaches will say, well, what are your priorities? I feel like the question should be, what is your priority? And that's something that I actually work with my clients on a lot is they have multiple different priorities. And I realize that in branding and marketing, you have to have one priority and you have to really invest in that, your time, your resources, your energy. Um, And that is where sustainable growth comes from. And I feel like the same is true for any other aspect of your life. It's picking that one thing that you are going to put your time and attention to because that is where change really happens and you're able to actually create impact. Um, I also think that you're doing a disservice to anybody else if you think that you can prioritize multiple things. So for example, if you are in a service-based business and you are working with clients and you set out and you say, these are our three to four priorities I'm sorry, but you're probably only going to make mediocre progress on those three to four things. Whereas if you picked one thing that is your priority and your team leans into that, 
you can make a much bigger difference and create a system and a process that is sustainable long-term so that you can then move on to the next priority in three months, in six months, in a year. Um, You're also doing a disservice to your family and to your friends if you have so many priorities because you can't do everything well. Going back to thought number two, you can't do everything. Well, if you can't do everything, that leads to thought number three, which is prioritizing. And then finally, thought number four is you need to be intentional with the decisions you make every single day. So this means if once you've figured out what your priorities are, every day that you wake up, you need to be intentional with the decisions that you make and the choices to support those. So for example, for me, for health and wellness, um, I'm trying really hard. I've, I've got the exercise thing down pat. I've got the healthy eating thing down pat. Those are just a way of life. They have been for years and years and years for me. I don't struggle with that. Instead, I struggle with stress. And so every single day I say, I'm going to meditate. I say, I'm going to do this Wim Hof breathing, which I notice an immediate difference when I do. And so often I don't get to it because I let other things get in the way because I make the decision to do other things first. Cause I think, well, when I have more time or when I'm a little bit less stressed, I'll do those things, which is ironic because those are the things that are supposed to help me not stress as much. So if I'm not intentional in how I set up my day and I don't carve out time for that early and often it does not happen in business. I actually just had a client that I had to have a call last week and say, you know what, my business is actually growing in a different direction. It's a, a client that I have as a monthly retainer and the work that I do for this individual is not aligned with where I'm growing my business. And it's, I've served them for over a year. They are fabulous. It has nothing to do with them. In fact, their business is really taking off and it's great. But I recognize that the 20 to 25 hours I'm spending a month supporting them in a capacity that I don't want to grow in and don't want to grow my team in is taking away from me being able to invest that time and energy into growing in a way that I want to. And so I had a conversation with them that after next month, I'm no longer going to be able to provide this service. And I provided them with an alternative um, business that could support them and that I highly recommend. And in that, they came back and said, totally great, get it, totally respect that. But you were also providing this other service for me. Um, I'd love to continue to keep you on on a quarterly basis to help you with, um, it was reporting and, and analytics. And at first on the phone, I said, yes. And then I thought, you know, okay, it's once every three months or so. Um, and it's a little extra money. Sure. Why not? I love this client. I love what they do. I'd like to continue to support them. The next day I stopped to think about it as I was thinking about how I'd put a proposal together for that. And I thought, no, this doesn't align at all with where I want to go. And yes, that seems like it's not a lot of work, but to not do something and then pop in every three months to do a report, that's not, that's not sustainable. I mean, it's sustainable, but it's not scalable. It's not, I can't add automation to it. And I'm not all about automation, but my point is when you step away from something and then you come back to it every three months, there are efficiencies that are lost. Um, And so you're kind of restarting every single time. And it doesn't make sense for me 
or for my client's business for me to be dipping my toe in every three months and then going away and then dipping my toe in and then going away. And so it'd be better served for me and for this individual to have someone else that can be more dedicated to that. So just because I could do what she asked me to do doesn't mean I should do it. And so I'm actually going back this week and saying, no, actually, this isn't going to be in the best interest of where I want to grow. And it's not going to be in the best interest of you and your business. Here are some alternative contacts or people that I recommend that could fulfill this need. Same goes for, um, you know, my kids and spending time with them and being involved in their life. So um, my son is in PK four, which is um, preschool four. Um, and he, I wanted to join the PTO this year and he also started soccer and I thought, oh, I could coach a soccer team. I, they need extra hands. I'm happy to help out in both cases. And my husband actually stopped me and said, no, you're going to regret this in a month. You're going to regret it. And I spent a lot of time just sitting with this and being intentional about this thought and decided not to sign up for either. And the reason being is I have a lot of irons in the fire right now. I want more quality time with my kids. I don't want more time doing for my kids. So going back to that, being busy and doing is an addiction. And because there are these formal roles, we often think that if we do that, we are contributing. When I realize that I'm actually doing a shit ton for my kids all the time, I'm not spending quality time with them. I'm not spending time where I can sit with them and be with them and be present I'm sitting there and I'm playing with them, but I'm thinking about all my other to-dos. And so if I really want to create a pace that's going to work for me and my family and allow more quality time, then it's not by signing up for PTO and it's not by coaching soccer. It's about being able to be with them. And yes, I can be active in those areas in some way, but in a way that allows me to enrich time with my kids, um, not just contribute to other people's to-dos. And I'm not saying don't sign up for those things because I'm a firm believer that we need to contribute to the communities in which we live. I'm just saying those are not the right fit for me right now based on what my goal and my priority is with regards to family time. Something that I realized in going through all of this is that I now understand why Rachel Hollis has an elaborate morning routine journaling about her goals and priorities and what she wants to focus on. I had listened to her podcast a bunch of times. I'd read her books and I like tried that for a few mornings, like a year or two ago. I think I was in my corporate role and I let it go by the wayside. And now I get why, because all of this takes daily, sometimes hourly reminders of what really matters. And at first when it feels yucky and you're going to be pissing people off, it's easier to go back to a page and say, what did I commit to this morning? When I had that strength and I had that conviction what did I say I was going to focus on? And then let that list or that piece of paper guide you. I'm not even going to say list because that sounds like it's a lot. What's that one thing? Maybe you frame it on your desk. Maybe you write it on your hand. Maybe you put it on the background of your phone. You're going to need that to anchor you at the beginning. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it happens to all of us. I lean into that and what is going to help you stay strong and stay focused on what matters to you. I really think that, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to share this with you is that it's so easy to get caught up in the, once I finish X, Y, Z, things will slow down at least. Well, at least for me, I often think that, but it never, ever happens. And I've been thinking a lot about if not now, then when, 
And my fear lately, I've been having a lot of weird reminders or thoughts or just circumstances that make me fearful that when will never come that if not now, when that, when will never come. And so I am committed to taking back control of my days, my weeks, my years, and focusing on the things that support me so that I can better support you, better support my family, better support my clients and better support my community. And I really hope you will too. And that's why I'm sharing this because I think that in the essence of creating a pace that works for you, you sometimes need permission. And so if this is you, I'm giving you permission, just like I'm giving myself permission. The reminders that I shared today or the thoughts are just as much a reminder for me as they are for you. But I see that we can take back control and it's a lot easier to do it when other people, we see other people doing it and modeling it. And so I hope that this is a source of inspiration for you. And I hope you'll turn around and do the same because that's going to be a source of inspiration for someone else, whether it's a fellow mompreneur or for your husband or for your sister or for your coworker um, or for your clients. Once we take back control, other people realize that it's possible for them too. And then you're surrounded by other people who not only respect what you're doing, but they respect their own boundaries too. And that makes it a lot easier to practice yours. So I hope that this resonated with you. If it did, please send me a message. I'd love to connect, even if it's over accountability purposes. If you have questions on how this is actually playing out, um, also send me a DM. I'm at Courtney Henry Consulting on Instagram. I really like talking about this because I think that this is a big problem. I'm not going to call it a problem. This is a big opportunity for our society. And I think that our happiness really is somewhere in this journey and discovery. And so I hope you will take that journey with me. Thank you so much for listening. And we can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.